Hi there, my name is Alex Faust and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, depending on what part of the world you are joining us from. My name is Alex Faust, your host of Conversations at the Edge. And I'm very excited to be joined today by a first-time guest, Amanda Holmes. Um, If you're not familiar with Amanda, she is the CEO of Chet Holmes International, which has worked with over 250,000 businesses worldwide. At the age of 24, she inherited her father's multi-million dollar enterprise, which specializes in helping companies double their sales. She's merged her father's proven process with her own forward-thinking ideas to connect the old-school sales process with the hybrid online and offline instant gratification, short attention span we're seeing of our customers today. And the methodology is based on Chet Holmes' New York Times bestseller, The Ultimate Sales Machine, which has been voted in the top 10 most recommended sales books of all time. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us today. Where are you calling in from? Woo! I'm at Funnel Hacking Live in Orlando. You know, I know there's a new edition of The Ultimate Sales Machine coming out. Um, so curious. Oh, you got the, you've got it in hand. So I'm curious what's changed over the last 15 years? Why the reboot? Oh, what's, my goodness. What's new? Absolutely. So if we think, let's let's look to the last 50 years, the changes that happened in marketing per se. We went from radio to television. It took, it took 50 years to get to 50 million users on, on radio. And then it took 13 years to get to 50 million u- users on television. And then it took four years to get to 50 million users on Facebook. So the amount of innovation that has happened just in the last 10 years is insane. So before, when my father first wrote the book, we had the average client or the average company would be on seven different marketing mediums on average. Today, we're on an average of 13 marketing mediums with five social media platforms and three paid advertising sites. So we're doing double the amount of work to get the attention of our prospects because there is so much noise out there today. My father called it the clutter factor. And this was before 3.8 billion people had a social media page. So we're perpetually fighting for the attention of our prospects. And so I include in the book how to overcome that overwhelm, how to overcome the shiny object syndrome, how to get super focused and clear. And as my father always said, mastery isn't about doing 4,000 different things. It's about doing 12 things 4,000 times. You've said this, and we've been talking about this like in a couple episodes in a row, that we're really experiencing like the death of the salesperson and birth of more of like a strategist because buyers have changed so dramatically over the last couple of years. Wondering if you can talk about this change and what organizations really need to be doing differently to connect with their ideal buyers today. Absolutely. So that that title actually, Death of a Salesman, Birth of a Strategist, I found in a letter that my father had written and it was never released. And it's so apropos today. He wrote it 15 years ago. But um, when we think about how people are buying today, 97% of our prospects feel that salespeople are too pushy. So if you think of the last 100 clients that have come into your world, only three of them were happy with their experience. So, and, and that really comes from the fact that Amazon has taken over, right? We can so easily go online. We're buying houses unseen. I have a client that sells high-end cars for $300,000, sight unseen. They are just looking at it online and they're purchasing without a salesperson. It is mind-blowing, the trust that we have online. So it, it 
completely negates the traditional commissioned breath salesperson that feels that they have to be pushy and uh, try to get you to do something you don't want to or try to be manipulative. That salesperson has died. That extinct, they have gone extinct or they will very quickly. You really have to learn because of the internet, we have the ability to give value unlike ever before. We have the ability to be number one in our marketplace because we're providing that value. We have the ability to educate so much and build so much trust and respect that when they come to you and actually ask for your assistance, the sale should be effortless and easy and it should never feel pushy because we have all the tools. We just need to know how to utilize the tools appropriately. So I know you just mentioned trust and building that trust and building the trust is very different today on an online world where there's a ton of options and we're overwhelmed with information and there's still plenty of like scammy, crappy stuff on the internet. Um, So what are you recommending to your clients to cut through the noise and build trust in a really meaningful way with, with their clients and prospects? So my father invented this thing called the buyer's pyramid. So at any given time, if you're reaching out to a prospect and you're saying, hey, I want to talk to you about, look, let's imagine you're in a stadium and you wanted to keep everyone in their seats. Majority of companies would say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about my business. This is why we're great at what we do. We've been around for this many years. We've served this many people. But according to what my father created, which was the buyer's pyramid, I wanted to pull it up. Um, Only 3% of the buyer's pyramid is interested in buying now. So you'll see that very top portion, 3% in the buying now category. The next 7% are open to it. They're thinking about it. The next 30% is not in their periphery. They're not thinking about it. The next 30% think that they're not interested. And the last 30% are definitely not interested. So 90% of your potential prospects that are hearing your marketing and sales messages are not interested in you, your product or service. So if all you're doing is talking about you, you're missing out on 90% of prospects. So what we do is we teach stop selling, start educating. So how do we lead with an education? I have a client that um, sold, oop, can you still hear me? Okay. I have a a client that uh, sold high-end condos out of Dubai. And they used to talk about granite countertops and ocean views, and it was $2 million to $10 million for a second home. So they were really focused on billionaires as their clientele and Fortune 500 CEOs. So instead of reaching out to them saying, hey, I'd like to talk to you about granite. That's not what they care about. And only 3% would be interested. And that's a very small percentage of the billionaires that are around the world. So we changed their approach. We call it a stadium pitch. Why wealthy CEOs are at risk for heart disease, diabetes, and premature death, and what you can do about it. Completely different approach, right? But leading with something that was very intriguing for a billionaire, because what's one thing that a billionaire can't handle? It's their health. A lot of the time when we did research, we found what's keeping them up at night. It's not their ocean view. It is their health. It is diabetes. And they don't want to die because everyone around them is so stressed. They're having difficulties with their health. So we trained the sales reps on how to talk about what was interesting to the prospect. Um, I'm not sure if this is like the most well thing that you're most well known for, but it's certainly up there and it's the concept of the the dream 100. So yeah. I'd love to share the dream 100 concept with the community. Can you talk about um, what you've seen and how that's helped organizations double their sales? 
Absolutely. So the Dream 100 is the fastest, least expensive way to double sales. It has doubled the sales of more companies than anything else. So my father invented it working for a billionaire, Charlie Munger, co-chairman of Berkshire Hathaway. So he was able to double the sales of nine different divisions for Charlie, all within 12 to 15 months and several of them multiple years consecutively. So he realized I have a system for how to double sales. And it's very simple. So he was given a list of 2,200 potential prospects. And they said, okay, go cold call these people. And he looked at the list and went, that's a lot of people. Let me do some research. And when he analyzed the list, he realized that there were only 167 that bought 95% of their space. So instead of going after the 2,200, he led an intensive dream 100 effort to those 167, where he would touch with some kind of education once a week, every week. So at that time, Tactics were direct mail, um, cold calling, and faxing. Today, we have so many more tools at our disposal to be able to use. But at that time, that's what he used. And it was about five months in of every single week contacting them. And (laughs) they weren't giving him the time of day until the sixth month, he closed the largest contract that the industry had ever seen. And then 28 more after that. And that's how he was able to double sales so many times over and over again. So the concept, if I were to say in a definition, there are always a smaller number of better buyers than there are all buyers. That means that marketing and selling to them is cheaper than marketing and selling to all buyers. And I would even challenge every person on this call right now, who is one person that could completely alter and change your world? Just being connected to that one person It could be an affiliate. It could be an influencer. It could be a direct client. Uh, I'm working right now a deal to close Volvo. If I win Volvo, I win their 280 other clients that work under Volvo. Pretty good deal for me, right? So I'm hungry on that. I've been on it for two years, but I will get it. It's just a matter of time. (laughs) So um, I, I sometimes people feel overwhelmed by the hundred. So my question would be, Write down right now, who would be one person that you could commit to that you would continually uh, reach out to, to try and go from, I've never heard of you to, oh, I think I've heard of you to, oh, I recognize that name to, yeah, we know each other to, yeah, we work together. That's the process and the steps to get to a dream 100. And what's the best way to identify the dream 100? Like, Are you recommending that people like niche down something like very specific or is it just looking at like an ideal or well-known company or brand name that if you get that, then you get the other things. What's the recommendation there? That is a great question, Alex. And and if anybody has any other questions, please add them to the chat because I love answering questions. I love interacting. Um, So I actually have a 47 point process that I take people through in our boot camp of how to identify your dream clients, but I will give you a piece of homework that everyone can do. So over the last year, look back at all of your prospects or all of your clients over the last year and put um, list them who has spent the most money with you. Have those at the top and then list them down. And what you'll find is as you start looking, majority of people that have quite a bit of business coming through their door don't know who their top five clients are off the top of their head. Majority don't. We do this exercise all the time with our clients. Or when they look at it, they realize, holy cow. of my clientele are break-even. What am I doing focused on those that are just break-even? It's just busy work. So when you analyze your history of what it has worked and what is working, then you can better identify who are those 
moving ahead. I think that's one good, easy, simple takeaway. I could get way granular on that, but <laughs> maybe we keep it at that. Does that feel good? I'm curious with you know the advance of digital marketing and influencers all over the internet, Like, has the Dream 100 list adapted? It seems like maybe there could or should be more than 100 or is 100 just like a good place to start because it's manageable? It really depends on the company's resources. So if you are the only person doing a Dream 100, I would probably start more at a what I've been calling the Target 12. So when I first inherited my father's business, I was 24 years old. I had a couple hundred staff. I, they were all double, if not triple my age. It was terrifying. I had no idea what I was doing. I stepped in two years later and I really had to put us back on the map. How do I set us apart and say, we're not this tragedy. We can actually triumph over this and we're here to stay. So I found 15 of the biggest influencers in my space and I worked them all against each other. I'm like, we're doing the biggest event that entrepreneurs will ever see this year. And I have, I'm talking with this guy and this guy and this guy. And I was name dropping, just trying to get them all to say yes. And I finally got the 12 to say yes. I generated 30,000 leads without spending a dime purely because they all marketed out. So I didn't have to find a hundred people to market on my behalf to generate 30,000. I just had 12. So that's where this idea of, okay, the target 12, let's get hyper-focused. And if you can commit with every fiber of your being that no matter what, (laughs) hell or high water, pardon my French, I will get this client. And you do it, there's a way to do it, right? It's being a bright spot in their day. It's providing so much value they can't refuse. You are, you are in their face, in their place, in their space. Here's something that you didn't know. Here's some education. Here's something that you'd find valuable. Hey, here's maybe a client. Oh, here's how you can save some time. You are just in their world until they just feel morally obligated to reciprocate something because you've been there. And if you can find the three, I, I recently did this exercise with, with a recent boot camp and a guy identified 12 uh, prospects that would generate him $250 million lifetime value. He's like, why am I wasting my efforts going after thousands and thousands when if I just hyper focused, I could get better success than all of the craziness that I'm doing. You mentioned like you just keep going until you get it. Um, you know, one of the things that you talk about in, in your work and it's in the book is this, this pig headed discipline. And I'm curious if you can explain pig headed discipline. And if that goes beyond the typical, like Brazilians grit attitude, um, or is it, you know, is it similar? So I love that. That's a great question because usually when people read ultimate sales machine, they say that the biggest takeaway is that pig headed discipline and determination, And the book was actually supposed to be called The Pig-Headed Executive Wins Every Time. And that's what my father wanted to to be named. And then the penguin was like, that book will never sell. (laughs) We can't sell that book. It has to be the ultimate sales machine. And Brandon, ultimate sales machine did well. So, you know, they might've been right there. But it's this concept of, so I'll even give it to you in an example of like a sales rep. So today, 80% of sales are made on the fifth to 12th contact. And yet 90% of salespeople stop after just three follow-ups, three follow-ups, half of them follow stop after one follow-up. So if you, you have to have the pig headed 
discipline and determination to continue to follow up until they become a client. I have a great case study that I tell of the new age of Dream 100 where, you know, my father was cold calling, always trying to find something to talk about with a prospect. Today, we know everything about them if they're on social. So I found somebody that I really wanted to, a dream client for me. And every single day, this man posted on his social and every single day I commented on something that he posted for three months straight. And he wasn't really in dialogue with me, but every day I was talking about his wife and his kids and his business. And I was in his face, in his place, in his space. We became best buds. I mean, he didn't say much. I mostly did all the talking. But after three months of nonstop, right, just acknowledging him, giving him helpful tips, like he posted about boots and going hiking. And I was like, wait, be careful. I climbed Kilimanjaro and I went in new boots and it ripped my feet to shreds. Make sure you break in the boots before you go on a big hike. You know, always providing value, always being that expert and positioning myself in a way that he felt trust and respect with me so that in that three months, he then came back to me and said, you know, Amanda, I'd like to buy 650 of the ultimate sales machine and send them to my best clients. Would that be okay? Yes, of course that would be okay. (laughs) And I'm still bearing the fruit of that labor even right now. Uh, you talk about a topic, which is how to get nine times more responses from every move you're already making to generate new clients. And I'm wondering if you can give a sneak peek because I'm sure the community could really benefit from like a work smarter, not harder strategy. And I'm included in this. So very, uh, invested in understanding this this tactic. So that is the buyer's pyramid that I went through, right? 90% of them are not thinking about, you think that they're not interested or definitely not interested. So when I took my father's buyer's pyramid, um, I flipped it upside down because the business, because business is flipped on its head. I flipped the buyer's pyramid on its head. So it looks more like a funnel now. So what I did, that funnel then becomes what is the education that you're giving that leads them to you is the only logical conclusion. And I talked about it very briefly when I was talking about the high-end real estate company. So starting with, and this is how we've helped more companies become number one in their industry than anybody else, is this education and how you structure your framework because content online is now so bountiful, 40% of it is actually hindering the probability of your sale. So we've forgotten the framework for how to turn content into sales. So it goes like this, global pain. Let's talk about a global pain that's happening. It could be industry trends over time. Uh, Like even saying 95% of businesses never make it above a million in annual sales. That would be something that's happening over time. That's a global pain. Then targeted pain. You want to articulate their pain better than they can. So they believe that you have the solution. So one thing I teach about is the great resignation because 47 million Americans uh, voluntarily left their job last year. And it was a big pain point for my prospects, CEOs. So I educate them on that because it shows that I understand their pain. And we're just trying to make them feel understood. Then from target pain, then we go into the solutions because we want to set ourselves up as experts. What can we do to just solve a piece of their pain? We don't have to solve all of their pain. Can we show them how to save time, save money, save stress? And then from the solutions, the difference between content marketing, what my father taught, which is education-based marketing, is resetting of the buying criteria. You want to educate them on everything that they need to know to lead to you as the logical conclusion, because you could just educate them a ton, and then they go to the, to the, other, the competition, and they buy from them. So you need to specifically say, these are the things you need to look for before buying a product or service like mine. And then into, if you've done all of those steps right, 
they should already be interested in buying and they don't even, you haven't even mentioned your service yet. So then talking about you, you become the number one logical conclusion. So that's all in chapter four. That's the core story framework. Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates. Or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again and see you next time.